are those Bluetooth headphones? No, it's just noise canceling. Oh, okay. And when they go from, they have to have a battery in them, so when they go from on to off, mm -hmm. like if, if say the battery's dying, it's like having your ears pop on a plane, and I was just not ready for that to happen oh, this whole. Yes. Um, so no, I asked because, as you know, I, I took today off because I had a few dental procedures that had to be done this morning, and um, I really like my dentist. My, my, my dentist herself is fine. I don't know her too well since I've gone to her all of twice, but I get to watch movies while they do the work. What did you get to watch? Uh, so uh, I watched The Help. Because I was there for an hour and 45 minutes, so I watched an hour and a half of The Help. Um, it was it came out in, like, 2011 or 2012. It has yeah, Emma no, Stone. I, yeah. Um, it's, the, it's the poop pie movie. Yes, it's so much more than that. But also, as I was watching it, I was like, I feel like this movie might be slightly problematic, even in today's, like, you know, it's a little bit of a white savior movie. Um, yes, it's like... Lately, it's, yeah, in the lists I've seen that are like, these are the movies that aren't helping. It's been on there. Yeah. Um, anyway, but they gave me Bluetooth headphones and everything to the point that I had to ask them to turn the headphones down because uh, they were, like, giving me instructions to do. They were like, okay, now, like, you know, like, like you know, we're, we're going to put this in your jaw or whatever. And so, like, you know, do this. And I, I just wasn't responding because <laughs> I was, like, watching the movie. Um, well, I, was, well, I was like, these headphones are great. <laughs> Your smile looks beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I should send you, you know what? Uh, I know we don't post photos of ourselves. I took a picture of myself trying to smile right after and send it to a few friends because it, it looks like, like, is, is she like passing a kidney stone? <laughs> like what is happening? Um, I, I tried to, I, I know I was, I knew it was going to be really thirsty after. So I had a bottle of water in my car and I like had a straw in it and I was like, and it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, good thing I'm wearing a black shirt, so nobody could tell, but I was like, okay, so this is where we're at. Hey, you know what the best time to go to the dentist is? When? 2.30. Toof. Hurty. If we were on a Fraser-type show right now, the audience would be losing their minds. Like, we'd have to pause for it would take too long for us to get back to the next joke i just say that sounds like a very martin joke like martin would 100 percent say <laughs> that also um give me a second i need to put my phone on silent because it definitely just rang uh, out loud so i don't want it to pick up any i don't want us to pick up no anything, so is, is leo there oh leo is there did you hear him panting yes <laughs> well Lady was being real weird right up until the call, just like real rambunctious. And then we called and she made a little nest out of the comforter on the futon. And oh, she's, she's, fine, she's like, is that Laurel you're talking to? Um, speaking of Martin, I, we have to get to this in these episodes because we have to spend quite a lot of time on Martin's Asian woman fetish, which was previously unknown to us before this. So do, do, do I have to spend a lot of time on it? But okay. I sure. just was, was, was shocked. And I don't know, but uh, hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. Uh, we get together and discuss uh, strange season six character fetishes that are thrown in by the writers at the last second, primarily in the show for uh, I don't have a follow-up to that. that was I, I, I thought you, I, I thought you I were going to so say, like, primarily it. in the episode How to Bury a Millionaire, but... Or, <laughs> was it that episode? Or no, it was, yeah, no, it was. the one after. No, no, it wasn't. I, I have... 
Oh, no, it's in the seal episode. Oh, you're right. There's actually a joke in How to Bury a Millionaire that would work <laughs> for that. Though. Yes. That I wrote down. But so, but so those are the two episodes we're, we're looking at uh, in, from uh, season six. Episode seven is the first one we'll be talking about, How to Bury a Millionaire, which is funny because on Hulu, it'll say the – if you kind of scroll over the bottom, it'll say the, the name of the next episode, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. But – so whatever it was, I kind of moved my mouse and said, uh, "What's the name of the next one? The seal that came to the seal, dinner? the seal who came to dinner." Yes, I spent the whole time thinking this one was called the seal who came to dinner, and I just didn't get it. Yeah. I was like, "What is this? Some very deep reference? I don't understand." I'm waiting for a seal. I don't know if that like hurt my enjoyment of the episode, uh. <laughs> but it was definitely like, "When is this seal gonna show up?" <laughs> But that did not happen. Uh, let me go ahead and read the IMDb uh, uh, description. Maris repossesses Niles's car, and his legal bills exceed his salary. He is forced to drive a hatchback and give up his apartment at the Montana for a tiny studio at the Shangri-La. So, I was really worried about... Like, I know I said I'm sick of Maris and... and uh, Niles, you know, their whole this this whole thing of her destroying this him. dance. I I do, however, really enjoy Niles being taken out of his element and yes. put somewhere else. And I think it adds to the because we haven't really seen Niles change a whole lot from his divorce. Like I feel like a lot of people come out of divorces, especially after long marriages like theirs or longer marriages like theirs, be feeling like a very different person. I think Niles was still very much kind of the same other than he stood up for himself a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I think this is an example of like how his life could completely change for after this divorce. Yes. Now, how do we know how long they were married? I mean, they were married at least three. Oh, four I think seasons? we're supposed to think they were married for like 10 years. Yeah. Cause, least, cause okay. when Frazier moves to Seattle, we're supposed to, I mean, I, I also feel like Niles has made mention of like, I got Maris that for our eighth anniversary and you know, kind of that. Yes. Let me see if I can find that anywhere. How long were Niles and Maris married? Uh, 14. That seems too long. It says they were married three years. They were married in 1986. So maybe 10 years. Oh, why is so, this? Oh, the 14 is a, <laughs> I'm an idiot. It goes, they were married three years later, 14. And I'm like, oh, they must be trying to tell me. No, it's the uh, bibliography. It's where you could, it's the sub note of which so they were, thing. They were married in 1986 yes. or 1989. They were married in 1986. Okay. So technically by so, the time they probably get divorced, cause we're probably already up, we're up to like 1998 now, by the time their divorce is probably final, it's probably like, 14 Nine years. or 10 years. No. no. No, no, if it's 86. Oh, by the time it's final. I uh-huh. was thinking, so, yes, they're technically still married now. So, yes. So, they were together for years. probably about 10 years before they separated. Yeah. Yeah. That's more what I was thinking. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I, I was worried this is going to be a lot of, like, Niles trying to do things and Maris, like, ruining that for him. And this one, it's like, let's take a good hard look at your life now. Mm-hmm. And you have to make this decision. And yeah. I like the, like him and Frasier kind of that mid uh, episode thing. Hello. That mid episode uh, realization where he's helping him realize like it's, it, you know, that, that period is over. Mm-hmm. It's time. We have to go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, cause Niles got accustomed to a very certain standard of living with Maris. 
you know, yes. that he then carried over into his post-Maris life of us. He cut back his cleaning woman to twice a week. I was like, twice a week? You cut her back to twice a week? Yeah. Well, I think that was, you know, there's a lot of ridiculous stuff. That whole, the whole, like, guiding Martin through the house was the most cartoonish thing ever. It felt like Snoopy's doghouse or, like, the TARDIS, where it was just like, this thing it, goes back forever. Yes, it reminded me of Mary Poppins' carpet bag, but in house form. Yes, yes, yes. Um, although I just yeah. say, it's the first time I've ever heard, I'd ever heard of a gift wrapping room. And since then, I have heard of, like, people who actually have gift wrapping rooms. So. I mean, there's a room in uh, my house at home that, becomes a gift wrapping room at christmas well yes mother is so serious about wrapping gifts uh it's funny i was taking my parents on a maybe we'll edit this out i don't know i was taking my um leah's parents are moving out of their house actually they have moved out of their house and i was taking my parents on a tour a zillow tour of their house um because i was like oh they've never seen her house and like i spent so much time there it's like let me show you like all the hot spots and you kind of visualize this house i spent all this time at and and one of the rooms i was like in the closet you can't see is the gift wrap closet that's just what i call it because that's where i go to get like tissue paper and stuff for presents i'm wrapping because i was almost always bringing a present for somebody in houston my dad's like a whole closet for gift wrap and i was like well it's it's more than it's more than that it's like a seasonal closet but Right. Anyway, not, yeah, I feel like we have a seasonal closet. It's not very big closet. It's a nothing burger, but it has definitely has. Uh, it's full of wrapping paper, and then also like things we've bought to go. This would make a great Halloween costume, and none of them have fleshed out into a yes. Halloween costume. But like, it's like one year I'm going to wear like the amalgamation of this was the jacket that I thought would go good on a cowboy. And this is like this helmet. And then everyone's going to be like, one year, what is wrong with one you? year your costume should just be the seasonal closet. Hi, I'm going as my own seasonal closet. Oh man. We had, I was talking to a friend today. I have a friend who's really into the golden girls. Mm-hmm. And he started asking, he's like, because like there was some, someone had some golden girls, uh, face masks. And we were asking which one he would get on this like group text. And then I said, I said, rank your girls. And then also what positions would they be on a softball team? Just because he's a big baseball guy, too. And we had this long discussion about that. But then he started asking about the podcast. And we started talking about, like, dress. Like, somebody had a – my friend had seen someone with a Cheers uh, um, Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. But it was of the character at the beginning. So it was this dapper-looking man with a beer. But then he had a piece of plexiglass with, like – created by blah 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 in the text so he just would hold it up in front of him and we started saying we we started talking about that and fraser and all this stuff we need to have a 20th century sitcom costume party that's a great idea (laughs) yeah that's what i thought the whole the whole discussion was very good i kind of wanted to ask him um if he'd be on the show because he started throwing fraser trivia at me (gasps) let's have this person on the show who is this person uh, jason Oh, wait. Yeah. I know him. Yes. So let me throw you the uh, yeah, think... shout out. Hello, Jason. Yeah, hey, let Jason. The, uh, I think he and I throw, uh... may be Facebook friends now. I don't know. Who is the actress who played Frasier's girlfriend on one episode of Cheers and also played Frasier's girlfriend on one episode of Frasier? Oh, different characters. I know. I know this. And I can't think of who it is. Today, she is most well known as a poker player is what he told me. Let's not answer it. Viewers, if you think you know, listeners, if you think you have it, email in. Let us know. Uncle Gary, let's hear from you. And no cheating. Okay. Um, give only me, if you know Give it. me another question. That was the only... I, then it was me throwing one back. So it wasn't us going back and forth because I threw the one who 
two the two women who played the same character on Shears and Frasier, who was Frasier's first wife, mm-hmm. and that threw him off because. Do you remember this one? Yeah, I, I do. Is, isn't it Emma Thompson and then Laurie Metcalf? Yes, as Nanette Guzman. But then also doesn't a third person play her in like the very last season in a flashback or something? Ooh, I don't know. I think, I think uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember who. Listener from Twitter, you know who you are, so remind me. Um, somebody on Twitter pointed out that they come, the, you know I haven't seen the very last season of Frasier. Yeah. Um, that there's like a flashback or something where the per- where they flashback to I guess that woman or something and somebody else plays her. So, but yeah, that was fun. But he also pointed out something to me that I don't remember if you told me about and I completely forgot. But do you know that there's recently been like a Zoom reunion of Frasier? Like, no. What? Like they all got together, including Bulldog, BB, a quick call in from Noel. What? But like Frasier, Niles, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I was like sitting there going, Laurel has probably discussed this whole thing and I forgot about it and she's going to give me crap when I bring it up. But yeah, it's like an hour long reunion. I don't know. Wait, okay. Are they in character or is it just them talking about Frasier? It's the actors talking about Frasier. It's them talking about Frasier. Okay, but but still. Oh my, wait. Yeah. First of all, I am ashamed of us, but also craniacs. How have none of you told us this? (laughs) Exactly. Like I will say whoever the host was of that Zoom, I, it wasn't like the Josh Gad Zooms or Zoom reunions or like any of the other ones I've seen. Like it was these two guys and I was like quickly fast forwarding through their intro because uh-huh. they were annoying. But eventually they show up and I didn't watch hardly any of it, any of it because I was like, well, maybe we need to watch this. I think separate. we like, do. I, I, think, I think we need to. Well, I think, no, I think we need to do a live watching of it. I wonder if that's going to be interesting because I do feel like us doing a live watching on something where it's a lot of people telling stories and we don't know it is going to be us going. <laughs> like. Like, Maybe. if we do a Twitch one and people join in, that'd be one, like a watch party. But I don't know if recording it's going to be super interesting. Like that time we recorded us watching an episode of Frasier? <laughs> I thought that, but that we could at least talk through it. This is like just them staring at the screen talking. Like, there's no That's true. physicality to That's it. That's true. Um, well, we, we, we can offline about this. Um, about how yes, to go. But, but, but I, do think, I do think we should like watch we'll, it watch it together, you know? I'll sit in your backyard with my laptop and and watch it while you were in your while you were on your porch and because guys i don't know if you know this but texas is a hot spot so we like i actually i realized that today i went so i went to um i took the day off from work obviously dentist and then went to costco um for the first time since like february um because i figured friday was a better time to go like during the day um and it was fine and then i went to trader joe's that was like basically across the street from costco and uh, I realized as I left, that was the first time I've been in a grocery store in over three months. So were you just ordering stuff previously? I've just been doing curbside. The only reason I went into Trader Joe's is because, A, it's a small store. They were controlling how many people could go inside. You had to have a mask, all of that. Um, and there's also some stuff I needed that you can, that's like Trader Joe's brand. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go and do my Trader Joe's stock up. But yeah, no, I've, I've just been doing curbside. Or I've been going into, I don't consider this grocery store. I have a little Fresh Plus market not far from me that if I need something in a pinch, I'll like zip in there. But I mean, to me, that's like the size of a CVS. To me, that doesn't really count as a grocery store. Um, That's why I I was saying, folks, I'm going to sit in Ryan's backyard and not in his home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, we got to get back on this episode because I'm sitting here looking at just a picture of Niles in a a Hawaiian shirt. Yes. I got to say, I was pretty impressed at his leisure 
his, his, his leisure his... attire. Also, this was yes. the second episode now in a row, I think, where I was like, David Hyde Pierce looks good. Like, I feel like that his, like, cheekbones, I feel like he may have just, like, lost a little weight, which he did not need to do, but his face, his cheekbones all look, and, like, his chin all look just slightly more pronounced. I lost all my notes for this episode. They just disappeared This has happened before. Yeah, like they were open. Wait, did you look? Do you have them saved? So uh, on my iPhone... I apparently deleted it because here they are in the recently deleted and I have them back. Okay. Okay. So one thing I did... Oh, do you want to go ahead? No, uh, do we need to like cover any more of the plot of this episode or are we going to get straight straight into details? Uh, let me throw out some more plot. So, uh, the, generally this episode is basically about, uh, Niles coming to grips with the fact that he can't afford his apartment anymore and going to essentially the apartment. Uh, I think I, I, I feel like everyone has lived in at one point, <laughs> whether it was during college or something else. Um, well, it I, definitely felt like almost dorm roomy to me. I don't know. This seems, no, this seems like the, okay. This seems like an apartment complex you'd find in Addison, Texas, because I often joke, like, when people are like, oh, like, after college, did you, like, move to, want to move to Addison or anything? And I'm like, no, because I hadn't just gotten out of my starter marriage and wasn't looking for, like, ladies' nights at a bar. (laughs) There was this, so we didn't have any place we could go to very easily when I worked at Bethesda, um, but there was a hotel across the street. And they had a bar in the hotel. And when I first got there, I was like, yeah, we'll get some drinks over there. So we went over there. And it was the saddest place I've ever been. It just felt like it, it, it was every we, – I went there a few times. And every time it was just a bunch of, like, recently divorced dudes who were, like, you know, in there for a couple weeks. It felt like there was a Simpsons episode where, like, Marge kicked Homer out of the house. And he went to go live with Milhouse's dad who just gotten divorced. And he's in there. And they, like, zoom out from the room. And it's like, (laughs) Diana, (laughs) Lorraine. Like, all these people, like, crying. Yeah. That's what that hotel felt like. And I feel like these were the exact rooms. Yes. No, I mean, that's what this apartment is. It's complexes. It's cheap apartments for guys who are just getting out of marriages or long relationships and have nowhere else to go and no money to spend. Um, slightly cryptic though. And like, honestly, probably wouldn't fly in today's, uh, comedy that the person who lived in Niles' apartment before it's heavily implied killed himself. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if I was reading into that in the wrong way or something. I read into it the same way where it's like, did he leave a forwarding address? Well, he left a note, but no, I was like, uh, by the way, I believe that actor's name is Michael McShane played Friar Tuck in, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the one that Kevin Costner and Alan Rickman are in? Yes. Okay. That's the one I saw only bits of at Alan Rickmas, which is, I really hope that yes. Master Pancake does that again, because it was, he was fantastic. He was also Professor Keen Bean in my, um, Macaulay Culkin's Richie Rich. Oh, the scientist guy who, like, yes. develops the, like, toothpaste that melts the bars and stuff? Yes. Oh, man. That, you know, that movie is not bad. I cannot tell you the last time I saw it. I so I, 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 I remember it though fondly. So people, I haven't seen it recently. So don't yeah, don't at I, me. I, I, that's why I feel the same way. It's like however we remember it is probably the best it's going to be. So don't watch. That's it. Yes. very true. Um, um, but so they come to get Niles because he's missed out on Frazier's wine tasting. Which let's talk about that little bit of business Frazier is doing, where he's like drinking a wine and then pulls a velvet bag off of it (laughs) and it's he's like yes i it was 
I'm so glad they didn't go, what are you doing? And he explained it. Yes. I'm glad they just left it at that. Now he said, he's not going to make your wine tastings. Excuse me. So you kind of knew what was going to Oh, yeah, wine happening. club. Also, every time I go to an actual wine tasting, there's always one of those buckets. And they always have to tell us this bucket is not for you to spit the wine into. It is just to pour wine. Like, if you had enough of a tasting or you don't like it or something for you to just pour the wine into. They're like, this is not for you to spit into. You are supposed to actually drink the wine we're pouring. Huh. Have you been to a wine tasting where you're supposed to spit out the wine? I mean, I don't think I've ever been to a wine tasting where I spit out the wine, but I've been to ones where I've seen people spit them out. Now, usually it's like a beer competition where they have the judges have like a hundred beers to go. Okay, through. that's different. Yeah, so it's something like that. I don't think I've ever seen someone do it like just rocking up to Fredericksburg. Because at wine like tastings, usually the pours are so small that like. Okay, Fredericksburg's a great point. We went to, um, for my friend's bachelorette party a few years ago, we went to like three or four vineyards, and one of them had 18 wines for us to taste. Here's the thing about Texas wine. Most of it's real <laughs> So after like wine four, I was like, I don't want any more of your wine. <laughs> um, and just started pouring you know, them into the bucket. But anyway, um, even if you're drinking all of those wines, you're having no more than like, I don't know, a glass and a half, two glasses. Because they just don't pour very much. Well, it dep- I've been to places where they're pretty generous on their pours. Well, not all of us go to your fancy places, so... Fa- again, well, I don't know if it's fancy or if I'm going to the same place as you are where you think it's bad wine. And I'm like, this stuff's great! <laughs> I didn't know you could make wine out of peaches! <laughs> so my friends and I in D.C., like, we would almost always, once a year, somebody would have a birthday, a bachelorette, or something, where you would end up going to Virginia wine country. And we had said that happens to somebody almost every trip where they end up buying two or three bottles of wine because they're a little wine drunk from the tasting and they're like this is so great and then a month later they get home and they're like hey let's open that bottle i bought at that vineyard out in charlottesville and they pour it and they're like oh this is terrible (laughs) like why did i think this was good and we're like you were drunk That was us every time. Oh, yeah. I I had friends who joined a wine club and then we're like what have we done? (laughs) No, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... We yeah, well, we got married at one of those vineyards, and we had a bunch of their wine. Their wine, the the wine at the place we went, uh, Bluemont Vineyard, held up pretty well. Well, and so I will say that I think that most of the vineyards have a, one one or two decent ones where you're like, oh, I wouldn't hate to drink this again, but not enough mm-hmm. to join a wine club where like they're like, here's the seasonal variety pack for this quarter, and you're like, no. I also, yeah, I also don't drink enough wine to to like justify that much wine existing in my house yeah i mean so my friends and i definitely did but um the thing is i don't like sweet wines and that is what some of the i think lesser wine regions of the country do to mask the fact that they don't have like a lot of flavor in their wines they just add a bunch of sugar and yeah like i've uh pennsylvania wine country i don't know if you're familiar with that you shouldn't be (laughs) because i hope there's no pennsylvania like vintners that listen to our podcast um because it's not good and they just add a whole bunch of sugar and then you get a really bad hangover the wine section of this episode has been the laurelist portion (laughs) of the the sad thing it's it's really sad how much mediocre wine i've had at different vineyards how dare you speak ill of the cincinnati wine scene anyway um, (laughs) i really prefer the minneapolis wine scene personally the gary indiana wine scene that's a great one (laughs) um so niles doesn't show up for the wine tasting they get a little worried they decide to go cheer him up 
Which I think is a really nice gesture from Fraser. I feel like Fraser's Martin. skipping wine club, which I think is a huge thing for him. Yeah, this is one where they really make Fraser, I guess, seem like a good person. And maybe they're trying to do that. I, on Office Ladies, they talk about the like re the re characterization of Michael Scott to make him likable in mm-hmm. season two. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they're doing something similar here with Frasier. Shoot, there was something I heard on Office Ladies or that I've heard recently on Office Ladies and I was like, oh, remember to talk to Ryan about it and now I don't remember. Okay, keep just keep going. Maybe it'll come to me. Lady? Lady, that, that doesn't help. I don't remember. Tell them. Get them. Oof. I love what she does that. She just goes, oof. <laughs> that is probably what 75% of Leo's barks sound like. Or him just kind of, it's almost like a bark escaped and he wasn't sure how that happened. He's like, boof. Good girl. Good girl. Um, office ladies, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so, yeah, they show up and they're just going to take him out to dinner. And there's a part a little bit later in the episode where he says, you have to sleep here, but you don't have to eat here. Let's go to someplace mm-hmm. else. The Cigar Valon, like a nice restaurant. At which point, I was like, Frazier, you've been out of work, we find out in the next episode, for almost six, or, oh, I guess, I'm sorry, the episode after started. And around the time, it's been four or five months since Frazier's been out of work. I'm like, Frazier, how are your finances? Uh, yeah, it feels, it definitely, I, I didn't realize how rich both of these guys were until they were out of a job and not, in, you know, out of a job and losing money and still doing pretty well, it seemed like. I mean, I'm sure Frazier has a nice, like, obviously, savings account and probably investments and stuff. And Frazier is at least getting unemployment. But, mm-hmm. yeah, at one point I was like, can y'all still pay Daphne? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, they're all, also, it's kind of to back up before we were there. There, There is that whole section where he's living with Frazier for a hot second. Thank you for not skipping over that. Because if there was ever any question that Niles is my kindred spirit, <laughs> the eight white noise machines that Niles had was so spot on for me and when Frazier was like when Niall says he can't sleep with the sound of the rain and he says I'm surprised you can hear it over there in Mission Control friends of mine have called my room Mission Control before because of the white noise machine our white noise machine that I've had for a very long time an old Brookstone white noise machine that is perfect uh, went out last night and so last night I went on eBay and found someone selling the exact same one and it's on its way here now that, so the one that I use, so uh, true story, um, in my apartment in D.C. when I had Leo, he and I both had a white noise machine. I had one close to my bed and he had one right by his, he, this is when he slept in a crate. He had one right by his crate to help him at night. <laughs> we had the same one. I lived in a, folks, I lived in a studio. Envisioned Niles' apartment at the Shangri-La. I mean, mine was much nicer. But like, that was it. It was one big room. And yeah, we had, I had two white noise machines. When, when we first saw the Shangri-La, my first thought was like, oh, this isn't as bad as, as they're making it. Yeah. But like, as soon as it, well, I don't know. As soon as I look, I'm like, I, I, maybe I've gotten to the point where I wouldn't live someplace like oh, that anymore. Oh, I wouldn't live someplace like, like oh, that. But, no. but for 1998, it was livable. Yeah. But then as soon as the, as I realized it was a Murphy bed, I was like, oh, no. Also, the number, oh. the number of, so like I... Guys, renting an apartment in Washington, D.C. proper is not for the faint of heart, especially if you want to live alone and you're not like, you know, a consultant making, you know, $300,000 a year. So the number of apartments I looked at where the bedroom was a Murphy bed is not insignificant. (laughs) Yeah. 
Now, when I was a kid, I used to watch uh, the the Great Muppet Caper a lot, where there's a whole big joke where they go to a really bad hotel and they have a Murphy bed. And they all keep doing something on the Murphy bed, and then it goes into the wall, uh-huh. and their feet are all sticking out. And I just thought that was the funniest joke. And like, I remember as a kid, I was like, a Murphy bed is the best thing mm-hmm. ever. I want one of those beds. And then I just, I think I've slept on one a few times, but I remember the first time was, I think I was in eighth grade and we were, I think I talked about this Disneyland trip last time, didn't I? Did I talk about no, that? I don't. Might've been, on, might've been on the other podcast. Um, yeah. And... Keep your podcast straight. <laughs> so when I was in eighth grade, we went to Disney world and we stayed at one of those like off Disney hotels. Like, we saved a lot of money by staying at the Disney Hyatt, or, like, yeah. the near Disney Hyatt, and it had a Murphy bed. I remember being like, yes, a Murphy bed I got in it. It was, like, one of the most uncomfortable beds I've so, ever been in yes. in my life. Yes, so my mom will remember this. When I was in 10th grade in high school, my uh, the drill team and band went to Colorado for, like, basically a ski trip, but we all stayed in these, like, ski condos, and... This sounds really fancy, and it was not. Um, and uh, there were two or three beds in our condo, one upstairs in the loft and two downstairs. And one of the two downstairs was a Murphy bed. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the only time I've slept in one. Um, fun fact, though, when I uh, – so a lot of hotels will have in a conference room that they rent out, they'll have a Murphy bed, and they'll use the conference room as an extra bedroom when they're oversold and they have to put somebody somewhere. Um, my friend Clark, who's a flight attendant, has stayed in one such room. And when Clark's uh, a flight attendant, are are you being sarcastic? I, I don't think I knew that. What? I don't think I knew he was a flight. Clark's attendant. been a flight attendant for four years. <laughs> um, I did not know he was a flight attendant. Yeah, he was. I, to be honest, I had no idea what he did for a living. The bed is named after William Lawrence Murphy, who applied for his first patent around 1900. According to legend, he was wooing an opera singer, but living in a one-room apartment in San Francisco. And the moral code of the time frowned upon a woman entering a man's bedroom. <laughs> ah! Oh my god. That is so amazing. <laughs> I just amazing. hit I just hit Leo in throwing my head back so far. I just like <laughs> Leo's now like, what are you doing, Mom? I'm sorry, buddy. I was just like. Like you were talking, I was like, "Why is it called a Murphy bed?" And I was like, I think that is amazing! Oh my gosh! Oh, oh, oh! Bye. Leo is offended by that moral immorality. About, I do love the idea of getting around it by. I love that it was like he was wooing an opera singer. Her profession has nothing to do. Uh, yeah. With Unless it was like, ooh, an opera singer. Like, you're supposed to be like, well, of course he's got to make that happen. So whatever links he has to take. But I love that. He's like, it's not a bedroom. And he just lifts it up and puts it into the wall. Yes. Um, okay. I, I feel like we have gone by the white noise machines just a little a little bit. When Fraser was yes, like, fine. When Frasier was like, I, I, you know, he can't go to sleep while Niles is doing his bedtime routine. I'm like, Frasier, it's called a sleep mask. We already know you sleep with a sleep mask. I think we know that. I'm, or his slumber mask. And I'm like... Get some earplugs. You it turns out you have like eight white noise machines in here. What are you complaining about? You could be like well on your way to sleep. I um the number of people I have introduced to white noise apps and white noise machines is not small and everybody needs to use them. The end. Like when I stayed with you and Tara and your alarm went off at like whatever, like zero dark thirty. Remember that? <laughs> yes. And like and you thought it was me. Because I thought you were leaving in the middle of the night. I'm like, what is <laughs> But didn't you say, like, you walked out and you heard my white noise app and you were like, oh, Laurel's well, still here. Well, 
so the, the, the series of events was the alarm goes off. We both kind of like jolt out of bed. I run over because we have a panel in our room uh-huh. that I can turn everything on and off. I turn it off. I'm like, Laurel's probably leaving, thinking because I knew you had to leave early in the morning. And then it Which was I like, didn't. Oh, I had it's... to leave at like nine. <laughs> well, right. But that's early for us. So I, I, that's the thing. I thought it was like nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I look over. I'm like, the sun's still down. It's like three in the morning. I'm like, oh, maybe Laurel was gone. So I like get my baseball bat, which is the sum total of my home like security. And I go out and like your door's closed. And I like sneak by to be like, Laurel. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, okay. Except, okay, it's more like, yeah, because that is what my white noise sounds like. That's so. just the noise we have. This the, we'll have to play it sometime on the podcast when I get the new one. But that's not exactly what ours sounds like. But anytime Tara, like she last night, she goes, "Oh no, it broke," and then she like looked really anticipatory. I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Do that fake, <laughs> that fake white noise noise." Do I'm like. <laughs> I don't know. She just thought it was funny. I'm like, it sounds like a bad didgeridoo. It does. Not, it yeah. does. Um, so uh, just listeners, I recommend the app called White Noise. Um, that's You can find it in the app store. I will post a link to it. It not only has lots of different types of noise. I personally listen to, I think, Pink Noise or Brown Noise is the one that I listen to on the regular. But Excuse me. They have oh they they different shades of noise that are different right, pitches. Right, but brown noise just sounds like toots. Like, <laughs> okay. Like I must go to bed now. Grow up. They have like <laughs> the sound of a dryer going. They have the sound of a vacuum cleaner. The sound of like uh like the hum of an airplane engine. So whatever tickles your fancy. It does not have though what uh, one of my friends introduced me to, which is the ability to mix different noises like. She would mix, like, city rain with, like, blue noise. I've got that one. Okay, I don't have that. I have, I'm very rudimentary here, but... Um... Listeners, we're back. Laurel and I had a real heart-to-heart that we can't tell you about. <laughs> and, we'll... and things were said that can't Off be taken back. <laughs> yes. This, this part has been recorded weeks later after we got over <laughs> After we had some counseling and yes. a, so... a mediator popped in. <laughs> Do we want to go ahead and, and rate this one, or do we want to... Uh, I, I, have, I have a few Laurel LOLs. Um, I have one as well. Uh, I have uh, that when Niles and Fraser went to go tour the Shangri-La, when Niles says he doesn't want to see the apartment, Fraser says now, uh, I don't remember, was it Frank was nice enough to put on pants? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, go ahead. I was uh, So I like when uh, they see him, and he's in the Hawaiian shirt, and he's like, oh, I'm on my way out. And Fraser says, where to Bally High? That made me laugh. Oh, I wrote that down too. That's what made me think Martin's Asian fetish was in this episode when I was skimming my notes. Yes, yes, um, yes. I also like there's an apartment welcome basket that had wine coolers in it. Um, I have gotten like some sort of welcome amenity in almost every apartment I've lived in. And it's ranged from like a roll of toilet paper and two bottles of water and a little like note from management to my most recent at my current apartment was a, t- it was actually probably the best um, welcome package I've gotten, which was a sponge, a little tiny thing of Dawn and um, a to go coffee mug. And I was like, did you, yes, this is good. Did you say you ever gotten anything like wine coolers in yours? No, I've never gotten anything like wine coolers. Have you ever gotten alcohol? No, no. no. Yeah. I was, when he's like, they gave us wine coolers in the welcoming, I was like, all right. <laughs> um, but did, but yeah, so I've never had anything like wine coolers. Our, uh, our real estate agent brought us torchies 
when we moved into our house. Nice. Yeah, right? Um, that, that's a that's that's, that's a really good touch actually. Like the like the night that you move in to bring you dinner. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was oh, she's great. I would suggest her to anybody moving into the north north of Austin. You area. should put a link to like her website or whatever in the group cuz we have a few Austin I will. listeners. Um one of my friends, actually, I think I think I helped her. Oh, oh, you met her, Lindsay. We went to go see Knives Out together. Um, when do you think we'll go to a movie again? <laughs> so, so I don't know when the next time we'll go to a movie together is, Laura. Well, especially with Lindsay, since so she lives in Alaska. But um, no, she said that her That's realtor right. in D.C. when she bought her house gave her a bottle of Vuv, like Vuv Clicquot champagne. Wow. Which is like, or maybe it was Dom even, which is like even pricier. Um, and I'm, I'm wowing at the fact that she got the champagne and that also you pulling Vuv out of the air and expecting me to know it was the second Laurelist part of this episode. <laughs> Come on. Everybody knows that like Vuv Clicquot, Moet Chandon, and Dom Perignon. Those are like three like top tier champagnes. I know that last one because you can get it at Hooters. Dom Perignon? Yes. Wow. It's $100 for a plate of wings and a, and a bottle of Dom. I actually feel like that's cheap because I feel like Dom is pricey um so fun fact once oh this is also gonna be the most laurelist thing ever but i was uh had arranged like planned a work dinner and it was a we had to hit a minimum to get this like small room that we'd set aside and like a like pre-planned menu and everything and we were like two hundred dollars shy of our minimum so i just ordered like a bottle of vuv because it was 250 dollars and also vuv sells in the store for like in the liquor store for like i don't know 75 or something so Oh, okay. It went, um, it went on my, it went on, well, I got, I, it was an expense report. Sometimes that happens. So let's, let's rate, rate this, this episode. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, seven Aloha shirts. I really like this one a lot. You know, I'm, I think it, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably going to give this one six uh, white noise machines. I, I, I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it as well. I just, it was probably, that's not a seven to me. It made me laugh. I liked the way he looked in a Hawaiian shirt. I thought it was funny. I liked that it kind of, it was a nice twist from what I thought it was going to be since I was like, here we go with the whole like, there's a seal. Why <laughs> Niles life sucks. Yeah. Also there was no seal, which was a twist. Yes. Um, yeah. This one was pretty good. Okay. So the next one, the seal who came to dinner. When Niles Gourmet Club has its annual Golden Apron Awards, he decides to throw a dinner party in hopes of obtaining the illustrious apron. He and Fraser break into Maris's cottage to hold the festivities. So the Hulu, I could probably look that up, but the Hulu, excuse me, the Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. The, the Ryan, Hulu Ryan's going through puberty, everybody. It's just, it's, I'm, it's, I'm slowly turning it's into such a, a such owl. a gift to watch. <laughs> An owl. Uh, the Hulu. Uh, it said something about like a dead seal ruining the dinner, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like just so, reading. Just that. question writ large at the beginning. What did you think about this mm-hmm. episode? So, I so there was another episode like this. It felt like another episode. I can't remember which one it was, but it I, it might have been the uh, the radio drama one but there was one where i was like not cool like the setup was boring but when it started getting to the madcapness i was like here we go like i was just all in and i don't think it was as good as the other one but it did definitely have that feel of like a lot of setup the, and then uh, some good the, payoff, the radio but... drama one you're talking about is ham radio is that the one yeah i think that yeah but i think there was another one where i was like the whole beginning was just meh and then when they finally got to the whole the when the cop showed up which 
is like the last five minutes of the episode. I loved it. <laughs> like that's the part I love. So, and I wish they'd done more of that. This is not quite a VIE, but it is, I think, one of the like for people who really have watched Frasier all the way through, it is most people it is on most people's like top ten or top like probably top ten funniest episodes list. Just because it's so like madcap, like you said. Yes. Like there's a steel, there's a seal. They put it in a what what, what is it? A, a, Pinishwa? Whatever word they it's, used, I had never heard before. Well, that was funny to me because the cop comes in and goes, she was in a Pinishwa. And I'm like, you wouldn't know that word. You'd be like, robe, like <laughs> yes. me. Like, <laughs> she was in a fancy robe. I just like, it's like every decision that they make is so just like sets them up for the next failure, which is just so perfect in this. Also, like, I love that for the first part, I thought that Niles had to cook the meal. And then it's like, of course he has to hire a chef. Of course that's what they do. The whole deal at the beginning with the clapper light. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, this is a dumb joke. And then it pays. Like, it's a lot of buildup. And the payoff to me was really funny, but very squished. I like this one. But, like, yeah, I don't. It it, it definitely. I kind of want to go back sometime and do my list of the top ten madcaps. Because the one with the bird on his head was up there. Like, I don't know, but I... But uh, to kill a calling the, bird. Yes. The bit uh, with the lamp where they're like, there's a gnat. Yeah. Oh, I got it. <laughs> it was just so amazing. And then when Niles goes out to stab the steel, seal, he's like, wait, where is it? And Frasier's like, he's like, ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. And then when later they're like, they open the thing and Niles is cleaning blood off. Yes, on the <laughs> knife wearing gloves. <laughs> But, like, the fa- he does like this. Like, he does the most, like... Sinister. 19, yeah, uh, Agatha Christie killer being... And, and then the flings ass. it over his head. It was just... Yes. And, like, the fact that, like, Chef Marcel comes out and when, when Frazier's like, you will find no evidence. Chef Marcel's like, my bourgeois knife is missing. Yes. <laughs> it was all... It was just so ridiculous. I also... And, and then I... Oh, go ahead. I was just saying the thing that I thought the funniest was they get arrested and that's the end of the episode. Like, and I, I was like, are they going to discuss it in the first episode? And I didn't look like it from what I saw. No, because uh, just... it went ahead and started the next episode for me and, and, and they don't. I mean, most likely what happens is they find out that Maris is indeed in Antwerp getting her elbows done. So <laughs> yes, uh, I'm sure that's all very easy. I, I do like the picture that they paint though of, because you don't see it, but a Frasier and Niles going out on the rowboat to sink the seal the first time, and Frasier says something like, "Like when your when your boatmate or something jumps on your back and shrinks like a tea kettle." Like a tea kettle. I cackled, and then Niles says, yes. "Well, its tongue walled out and licked my ankle." I like just died for like I wrote ten down seconds. Shrieks like a- I wrote down Shrieked Like a Tea Kettle because I was like, this is good. I can use this in something. Like, it's such a good metaphor. I just... Shriek Like a Tea Kettle. I also love, like, there are so many LOLs in this. Like, the people at the, the guests at the party saying, like, I don't know what that is, but it's wearing a boa. <laughs> and I was trying to pass it off as their, like, drunk neighbor. <laughs> yes. The next time I'll adhere to your shellfish demands was very fun. Oh, yes. Oh, so fun thing. Wait, I think a guy's name was Stanley, maybe. Um, when he said, I, think "I was like one of the worst actors." I've ever when he was seen like, "You know, I'm allergic to bivalves." So, um, two of my friends, a married couple, just moved from D.C. to Portland, Oregon, and one of their um, somebody gave them a card that was actually like the sweetest card. So on the front, it was just like a beachscape with a bucket of mussels, 
And on the inside, it was blank, and the, and the, the people had written, consider yourself bivalves now. Your, your lives will be split now, half on the East Coast and half on the West Coast, and your friends and family, the hinges. And I was like, what a beautiful card that is. So her family is on the East Coast. His family is on the West Coast. They, they're moving from D.C. to Portland, so they're like... Are hinges part of a bivalve? Well, no, it's just you, you saying it. Saying, no, not actual oh. hinges, but like there is a hinge True. where the shell opens and closes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. If it was like your friends and family, the hinges. Way to ruin this beautiful sentiment. I just, I, yeah, there's no way I would have ever gotten that. They would have been like, hope you like clams. <laughs> like that would have been on. Well, I, I was just, I was like, wow. I was like, that is a like really poetic card. And the guy was like, yeah, it feels weird to be choked up by like shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> um. Huh. But, yes. Um, oh, yeah, I wrote down Nile throwing the knife. I really did like that. Um, so let's talk a, a second. Okay, I know, what you're, about, I know what you're going into. About Martin's uh-huh. weird thing about... Because it starts off, and it, if it was just like he's hitting on Daphne's friend, like, yeah, he's just a creepy old man. And I don't think anything he did was inappropriate. Well, and I would not even say creepy. I would say that Martin, for some reason... Well, okay, maybe this is actually a definition of a creepy old man. Martin, for some reason, thinks that like women who are significantly younger than him find him he has a chance with them maybe that is creepy old man um yeah i mean i don't know i think i don't know it did it, it seemed pretty harmless what he was doing he was wearing a different shirt he was excited he was wearing to see an him. obnoxious sweater <laughs> it would look good on a matador yeah matador uh daphne has one of my favorite lines though when when she's like you know like oh like why like you know what why, why did you like change shirts and everything he's like i don't what, what, what's the friend's name helen did I make that up? Hold on, I'll look it up. You go. Well, I, I need to know before you... Well, let's call her Pam until then. Maybe it is Pam. Why am I looking it up on this other page? I have this one up right here. What a ding-dong. What a ding-dong. It is Pam. Oh. Nice. Um... And and he's like I don't he's like I don't know she like reminds me of you know the, the girls I used to date back in the war, <laughs> and Daphne has one of my favorite Daphne lines ever. It's not dating when you're an occupying force. <laughs> yeah, like that was the it's not dating when you're occupying force. There was something else he said. It's like of course they liked you because you were oh, their village had just been set on fire. Well, and also he, he, she didn't Daphne say like you're not handing out like chocolate Hershey bars and a smile or something. <laughs> That's what it was, and I was. And I was like, holy Moses. Like, I just think it was, and Martin would be like, no, it's fine. It's like, wow, does Martin really not understand? Like, also, I'm, when he says, my multiple girlfriends during Korea, it's like, hey, man, like, get back to work. Well, I mean, I, I, I do get that, like, probably they had a lot of downtime and everything. A lot of it's just, like, occupying. But, um, yeah. I, I, yeah. It was a real... Uh, fairy tale version of what probably went on. Yeah, it, it, it was just also it, it portrays Martin in kind of a sleazy and like opportunistic light that we don't normally see mm-hmm. him in because he, you know, you know, what, you know what I really noticed is tapered down in the past few seasons. I'm just now realizing this is all of the really like wistful ways that Martin would talk about Fraser's mom. That hasn't happened He's, in a few seasons. I mean, yeah. granted, it's been more time now since she's passed, but it used to be for the longest time like. You know, oh, like the only person I let talk to me like that was your mother, or you know, this was the chair I was sitting in, and your mother would come and kiss me goodnight, and like, they don't really talk about and that I anymore. Wanna, I want to line up the timeline for how old Fraser is at this time. 
So that means what year was he born mm-hmm. in? So that means what year was Korea? So now I want to see, like, well, Korea were was these girlfriends. Were these girlfriends Martin had while he was married? Korea was in the fifties, right? Okay, yeah, and Fraser's like forty something in ninety eight. So he would have been born in like, like, like fifty five, fifty six. I. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think we're getting real close on the timeline here. And maybe they were like, you know, Martin's last hurrahs, you know? Um. I don't think they count as hurrahs if it's during your current hurrah. Well, oh, well, yeah, no, I mean, maybe it was like the last hurrahs he had before he got married. Not that he cheated on. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I've been to Korea, as you probably know, um, and... There is such a large U.S. still north or south, both. Um, oh, really? Yeah. On when if you go on a tour of the DMZ, the demilitarization zone, you actually end up in mm-hmm. North Korea at one point. So you will see, like, maybe it was a year ago or two years ago, when like the North and South had meetings. They had them in these like blue huts that are on the border. So I go, I went on a tour yeah. of the blue huts, mm-hmm. and at some point when you're in the blue hut, when you cross the other side of the room, you're in North Korea. Yeah, that's basically, yes. Ryan's just, like, jerking back and forth. and Put one foot north and one foot south. That's exactly what it is. There's a conference table that's exactly in the center of the room. It's, like, that is, like, on the line. And once you get to the other side of the conference table, you're technically in North Korea. Um, And I could talk a lot more about this. I don't know that our people, that our listeners really care, but I could tell a lot about that tour. It's a whole day. What did you think about the women in Korea? Do you think they were more uh, exotic than, say, American women? Would they be more, more appealing to the boys over there during the war. I don't think I'm one to comment on that. Not, not, (laughs) not being a red blooded American man. Um, I will say that, um, there is a very large American military presence in, in Seoul, at least, which is where I spent most of my time. Even to this day, there's so many, like there's a whole section called Itaewon, um, of Seoul, which is just all, like, we went out my first night there, we went out in, in Seoul because my friend who I was visiting was there for a grad program and it was, she was there for two weeks. I came for her second week. Um, and it was like going out in, I don't know, like downtown Chicago. Like it was everywhere we went, it was Americans. It was expats. Mm. It was like every bar had the staff all spoke English. Everything was in English and stuff. So I was like, oh, like everywhere you looked, there was like an olive garden. And there was an original pancake house. and Not an IHOP, but original pancake house. And I was just like, I'm sorry, where are we? <laughs> so yeah, I, there's still a yeah. really big presence, uh, U.S. military presence over there. Um, what else do we have to say about this episode? I mean, I love this episode. I feel like we haven't given it enough time, but I also feel like so much of it is just watching it. And I, that's what I was going to say. There's so much to it that it's setups and, and building. Mm-hmm. It's well-crafted. It's a, it's a good episode that I, 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 I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you should be watching along with us, but if you haven't been and you're just here for the, the dulcet tones of our, of our voices or like some people who say I listen because Laurel ends up sharing more than I've ever <laughs> heard before. <laughs> They're like, I learned so much about Laurel when I listen. Guys, you should hear the stuff we cut out. Mm-hmm. Like how the, her real reason for being in Korea was as a, as she was a double agent. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I can't get to my joke fast enough, Laurel leans real close to the camera and goes, mm-hmm. yes, go ahead. <laughs> 
what do you got? And it really puts the pressure on. That's my point. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> to be like, this better be good. Um, what did, what do you want to, what do you want to rate this one? Um, I, okay. So first I, I have one LOL or a few, I've, okay. I've, I've, I've talked about a few LOLs, but one of them that's just like a, a throwaway one is and Niles is trying to get everybody inside when there's all the gnats and he's like, what's that smell? <gasps> and he tries to not throw up and he's like, mm, truffles. Mm! <laughs> and just, it's so forced. And so like he says, it's so non-convincingly, but I don't know. It just really made me laugh. Um, so I'm going to give this one, um, uh, eight, uh, pinjers, pinjers, what is it? What, what are they called? Robes. I'm going to give it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it seven, uh, anchor likes. Mm. I like this one a lot too. Um, I think I was a little, I, I mean, in general, I feel like I tend to rate the second episodes less than the first. Um, one thing I did want to point out that we hadn't talked about was, I, I wrote, oh, my God, on my notes because I did not realize where they were going was a murder scenario. Like, in the in the uh, ham radio, I could figure out, oh, everything's going to go wrong. This is what's going to happen in general. And this one, when the, the police came in, they were like, I was like, oh, they've caught them because they've broken into this mm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they, we heard it investigate a murder. And it all was just, like, in my head, like, click, 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 click. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> And I think that was the, one of the best parts for me was, which we've now ruined for you guys. But like, I, just the like, I didn't see that coming, and then when it came, I was kind of like, not shocked, but like, oh, like uh, now I see what they're trying to do. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I, I that was really great. Um, I mean, obviously, I've seen this. I saw this so long ago for the first time, so that wasn't a surprise to me. But I was looking back, kind of surprised that like animal control or whatever was like. Yes, please dispose of the seal yourself. Please stab it. Yeah. Stab it and take it out to the ocean and, like, drown it. And I was like, I, I'm i not nearly as prissy as Niles, and I would not be able to stab a dead seal. I would know. I feel like the other side of that phone call would have been him hanging up, and it's like a guy smoking a joint eating pizza and being like, that guy thought this was animal control. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then it goes back to what they were doing. Because I guess it makes me think of the animal control guys from Parks and Rec. Yes, yes. Oh, guys, <laughs> like... So it's funny um, when I was at the dentist today and they pulled up Netflix and were like, what do you want to watch? And they had to like continue watching. And she was like, if you need suggestions, most people watch one of these three. And it was the office parks and rec and the great British bake off. I was about, I was trying to think what the third one was going to be. Um, and I, yep, I, 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 I was right. like, well, parks and rec is tempting, but I'm going to be here for a while. So let's go with a movie. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you enjoy these episodes and want to talk to us about it, if you have uh, better seal disposal methods and want to share them with us, there are a lot of ways to get all of us. There's a, uh, are, what's that Paul Simon song? There's 50 ways to lose, to leave your lover. To, There's to drown a seal. There's 50 ways to dispose of a seal body. <laughs> Carcass. I just imagine him writing that and he's like, it's just this song just doesn't have what I want. 50. Oh, wait, I got a better idea. Uh, but yeah, you can call, you can call us at, uh, nope. You can uh, send us an email craniacs at gmail.com we are c-r-a-n-e-i-a-c-s at craniacs on twitter craniacs a face god i can't do it craniacs a Fraser podcast on facebook uh and we are available on itunes spotify stitcher and overcast overcast i'm sorry you were doing something and i thought i screwed up again this will probably be edited to sound like i did it just right guys but i screwed up like nine times Anyway, um, and if you want to give us less than a five-star review. Oh, wait, uh, Ryan, if they want to give us less than a five-star review, 
What should they do? So if you guys have enjoyed uh, listening to my half of the podcast, which is probably not many of you, uh, but maybe you've enjoyed when Tara has come on. Uh, Tara and I, during this uh, quarantine, started a second podcast called Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. We are going through all the Walt Disney animated films and we are talking about, you know, kind of doing a little research and giving facts about them and going through them and talking about, do they stand up today? We talk, we had a friend on the Dumbo episode who brought their kids. So we talk a lot about like, is this a movie you could just leave on and not really have to have a discussion with your kid? Does it hold up there? Is it, does it hold up for adults? Is it fun to still watch? We uh, were recording Cinderella this weekend. I cannot uh, wait which is... for the Cinderella episode. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's called Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. And this will only be the second princess movie we've seen because we're going through them in order. And we've done, I think, 12 to 14 episodes so far. Yeah, I mean, guys, I consider myself fairly educated in the Disney animated canon. And the episodes, the movies that they watch, I'm like, I haven't heard of half of these. So... If you're like, there's nothing new for me to watch in Disney, oh, there is. Well, a lot of them are the World War II package pictures, so uh, those are those are kind of an interesting story. Uh, but if if you're thinking, oh, I don't know about that, I, I just you know, I, Ryan's okay, but I gotta have Laurel for some uh, to, to to really really what's the word I'm looking for? Really fill things out for my podcast experience. Just. Wait, guys, because Laurel will be on for Lady and the Tramp. I am so excited. I as as well as both of our dogs. I think probably. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, Leo has to watch whatever I watch. So, Ladies in every episode, whether people know it or not, she's always asleep on the couch next to. Tara. I really can't wait for Lady's thoughts and as to if Lady and Lady and the Tramp lives up to her expectations. Exactly. But anyway, guys, yeah, thanks so much for uh, listening. And uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all. Bye.